We're back. Hi. Hi. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to stop and say that absolutely right now, this second, press that subscribe button. Yes. Yeah. It's it subscribing it, it, does yes. more than you think yes. in getting us in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um and we actually we're just now we're sitting in a room because <laughs> we just recorded our kind of everybody the whole crew of yeah. look what I did recorded oh, our nice. I guess you could say holiday special. Mm-hmm. Uh it'll come out on the twenty fourth. Um but we talk about that and kind of yeah. why why it's important to us to get in front of as many people as possible and kind of share the creative community that we're privileged mm-hmm. to be a part of. Yeah. So uh if you are a Patreon member now you like well an hour ago you got access to <laughs> a live yes our a live, first a live stream of live this stream. yeah our first live stream it was cool definitely a couple kinks um yep, yep. But, but still we're getting that worked out and something that we're looking at this coming year is that maybe being able to do a live stream of the interviews going forward for patreon members so mm-hmm. definitely it's uh you can get on patreon patreon.com forward slash look what i did yeah you can support us for as little as one dollar one dollar a month Whole and get access to unabridged audio yep. content yep. you can get uh in fact today's episode that you're about to listen to mm-hmm. is almost definitely going to be up at the same time on patreon as an unabridged because it is an awesome interview yes. and it ran nearly two hours oh. and there i i didn't know what to cut yeah. so i didn't know what fact, to yeah it was as we do this super. one i haven't finished editing it yet so i still don't know what all <laughs> i'm gonna cut but um so yeah, if you're a Patreon supporter, it really allows us to to do some cool things, to give you access to some cool things, and it and it really helps keep this show going forward. It's not something that we're able that we do for free, you know. Yeah. That uh, no. it it definitely it's some money out of pocket to get the show out there. So it just really helps us in getting the show in front of more people and some cool things that we're looking at adding over oh, the yeah. course of this year as yeah. well. And but, going places. Yeah, we know. we have a couple things that we would like to kind of road trip and yep. get some people on the podcast there, and we have some great, great interviews lined yes. up this year yep. as well. Yep, 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 yep. But with that being said, let's thank our Patreon supporters. Yes, thank you, I'm Patreon supporters. You, go down that list you want so me to just read them all? Yeah, just read all right. it. There's so many now. They're, We're going to have to start They're doing almost it, in alphabetical order, too. Good yep. job. Thank you, Allison, Alan, Chad, Cindy, Deborah, Holly, James, Josh, and Brian. Thanks, guys being supporters of the show yeah we it's it it goes a long way yeah. i mean it's not one of those things we just take and run with you know it helps us run but it's we th- we thank you but let's talk about today i mean Woo. wesley hit hit yes man this guy mm-hmm. has been around for everything <laughs> just, it's so cool he's like the forrest gump you know, and like a little bit of all these things. More articulate. Right. But uh, yes. and better but social skills. I mean? like, it, it's like it, he was sorry, around Wesley, for this I did not say that. you're the Forrest no. Gump of Arkansas. I'll have to text but, him. But you've been present. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, man, this yeah. is so cool. And I, I guess I've never, like when you click on the images tab on Google and you get all these images showing up for whatever mm-hmm. you were searching, like Wesley's photo mm-hmm. may very likely be there depending on what you're searching for, I guess. Yep. But uh, I, I guess I've never thought about where that comes from. It's just so cool yeah. to talk about this. And it kind of the, his was a very planned course of action. Mm-hmm. And, and he's been successful at it, incredibly mm-hmm. successful at it. And uh, I just, it was a great interview. I was super stoked. This was somebody that you brought to the mm-hmm. table. I, I, Photography is not my thing that I, I don't know a lot about it. And um, I definitely gained an appreciation for that world and just yeah. the amount of work that he does mm-hmm. to to allow us to appreciate a moment that's happened, right? Yep. Like he's capturing those moments that you're not present for yeah. or that you can't yeah. see. It's such a cool thing. So I'm super excited. It's a, a large contributor to Getty yeah. Images. Yeah, and which we talk about that a lot. If you look up on their website and just type in Wesley Hitt, H-I-T-T, mm-hmm. the amount of images that you can just scroll through. he's the most ever. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, let's, let's check that out. Oh yeah, please do. Enjoy. Probably should wait first. <laughs> no, spoil your dinner that you'll have in an hour. Yeah, what Seinfeld? 
You're going to ruin your appetite. There's another one coming. <laughs> I'm never going to run out of appetites. No. I never heard that one. It's on the, the new Seinfeld uh, special on Netflix. It's actually pretty... He recycles some old stuff, but he has some new stuff that's pretty good. Mm. His joke about Cookie Crisp is amazing. <laughs> I'll have to watch it, listen, whatever it is. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Right. Is that a good or not good? good All right. Uh, Hi. No, that's our intro. You can't use that now. Yeah. Right. Hi again. Uh, So, but if you'll start with who you are and what you do. Uh, My name is Wesley Hid. I'm a commercial advertising sports editorial photographer in Northwest Arkansas. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. I, this is your field, Aaron. I know yeah, nothing yeah. about photography. <laughs> well, no. I feel like this will be you my can't silent even be in a good episode. Picture. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I ruin pictures by being near them. <laughs> yep. Yep. They, they've gone bad. Yeah. That's the way. I, mm-hmm. That's the way I've always felt. It was always so hard to be on the other side of the camera. But when I got started, I was a photographer's assistant, and it was Polaroid. And it wasn't digital back then. Mm. So if we were doing an executive, I'd have to stand in for the Polaroids. <laughs> and so that you finally you start getting comfortable, and then I would work with creative art directors, Then we would both stand in. And then we started doing Polaroids where we would jump in the air and grab our parts or something. <laughs> you know, we were like, and so the, good the, stuff. the mm-hmm. photographer I worked for, we started a board of just Polaroids where we would just all our people and stuff that we'd photograph, we'd oh, put the Polaroids cool. up. Yep. But the joy of Polaroid is you can burn the evidence. It, now right. with digital, we, there's no guarantee yeah. that it's yeah. gone. That's, is it uh, really gone? Delete. Yeah. Is it gone? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. hope. Mm, digital history is not good. Polaroids <laughs> are a safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did... Was photography always a thing for you? Like, how did... I, uh, when I graduated high school, um, I kid that uh, I was not a great high school student. Never made bad grades, but never had a desire to go. <laughs> uh, was my problem. It's me. <laughs> yeah. and, Table full uh, of. So uh, when I graduated, my parents asked me what I wanted, and I said a shotgun to hunt with my friends or a camera. And I always figured they ran to the camera store. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my best friend motocrossed, and so I didn't do any, for a year, I didn't want to go to college, really, so I stayed out, and we traveled around, and I shot motocrosses on weekends and things, and then really got interested in photography. And my father offered to pay, I have three sisters, they all went to college, and he paid for that, so he offered to pay for whatever, and I started looking into photography schools. And I found one in Massachusetts called Hallmark Institute, which was actually a color lab, that printed portrait weddings for photographers and the guy figured that the worst thing about photographers were how bad they are at business that the failure rate of a photography business is like 86 percent or something oh wow so he felt like if if he could start you know he was looking at i spend this amount of money to invest to get this them as a client and then they're gone before I make that money back. Right. So that's how the school started. It taught 50% business, 50% photography. That's super and smart. Uh, ah. that everybody, all my friends said that definitely made the biggest difference. But so their f- feeling was that you, we can teach you a certain amount of photography, but you do it by shooting pictures. Right. So let's teach you how to do business. Let's teach you photography so that you can get a profession or start your own in it. And get you to a certain point, and th- that's kind of the way it started. And it, it was a good choice. It was a good, and it was ten months, and so it was all day long. To where by the end of it, people were sleeping at the school. Your studio time might be <laughs> one in the morning to do a commercial oh, shoot wow. or something, because yeah. everybody was competing to get prime time. Right. And th- this town had one. It was Western Massachusetts had one stoplight. So it was little bitty. There were 50 of us that started, 44 of us graduated. Um, so it was kind of a different feel. But I felt like if I went somewhere where it was only like an art institute, four hours a day, I'd have to get a job. And my interest wasn't there. I mean, you know, from my high school experience, I felt like I needed <laughs> to be busy all the right. time. You know, that and so sense. that's what this school did mm-hmm. was it kept moving. you busy. Yeah. So did, did you go from there immediately to, like, contract? Like, did you go well, to I, a magazine? or? I think it helped. The The education helped a lot in that I came back and, and uh, I can't remember how I found out a photographer named Bill Parsons was looking for an assistant. And he was interviewing people. So I went and applied and I got a job with him. And that's where I learned 
Gotcha. Central he, Arkansas? Central or? Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So Bill, everybody knew him. Um, at the time, we were on the seventh floor of the Boyle building, and I have an ad um, years later. Uh, the seventh floor was all a bunch of artists, architectural artists, copywriters, typesetters, uh, art directors. There were three photographers up there at one point. We all oh, shared wow. a studio in We need to go room. find this building and interview the floor. It, we'll do a seventh no, floor empty, special. It's empty <laughs> now. It's empty now. Oh, it would be a sad interview, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Crickets. Um, but it was it – was, the learning environment was incredible and we all fed off off each each other other and and, you know people when you're the owner of the building would literally come and stand in your doorway and say how are things going you know about check on you and all that (laughs) well you know you're a month behind on how you you're my first person okay i'm just doing my job you know because he had all these artists on the floor we were Mm -hmm. always broke pretty much right but but bill was great and at that time he bought an old building on ninth street in little rock and this will really date it because I-630 was under construction at the time. And Ninth mm. Street was where all the hookers and, and pimps and, and winos were. And this building was right next door to the chicken basket, which was a pool hall. And, uh, and so people called it Bill's Bunker. I mean, it had metal doors, you know, unbreakable windows at the top, you know, you could lock in. But he lived in it, too. Right. And so I said security. And yeah. Yes. And then the highway got finished. All that traffic moved kind of to the other side of the highway and, mm-hmm. and away from downtown a little bit. So that made a big difference. But I assisted him for a couple of years. We moved into there. Um, big projects, eight by 10, four by five cameras, 5,000 watt power packs, uh, um, jacuzzi. You know, Dillard's, people like that were the clients that we were Okay, so commercial, for. like you were shooting for like magazines, I guess, then at well, that Well, that like... was more commercial, more companies. Right. Advert, uh, editorial fo- just kind of comes in every once mm-hmm. in a while, but most of the money is with corporations. With the corporations. Advertising. And when you're shooting those photos, though, like, is that for, because I'm assuming this is in a period of time where like, there's still print publications going out fairly well. Right, right. The modern equivalent would be right. the email blast and you shot right. the photos. Right, back then a lot of annual reports. Things gotcha. that were printed, ads, newspaper okay. ads, magazine ads. So not pictures for the magazines as much as for the corporations that, and that's way more money than <laughs> much more lucrative shooting for the, the magazines. Or so the board's willing to pay more. That, than... Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd walk in, see a print on the wall. It's like that's mine. Yes. Like of their product. I shot the really Dillard's amazing. annual report oh. for five years. And uh, so I got old man, I'll say, oh, it's uh, Mr. Dillard was alive then, but he was in his 80s. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so they would never let us photograph him outside. Too hot, whatever, he was too old. And we were at a grand opening in Naples, Florida at a store opening. We were shooting for the annual report, and he was there. And he had a nice carnation dressed up, and, and I was outside shooting exteriors, and he was walking out to the car with some other people, and when they tried the car, the alarm went off. And they, I was watching them. They were like on the fourth level of the parking deck. Nobody had a key. So the other two, two people went inside, I guess, to get a key. So he was sitting there by himself. So I <laughs> ran up these stairs. I was like, Mr. Dillard, can I shoot a few pictures of you in front of the store? And he was like, oh, yeah. And film days. So I got 15, 10 of the 15 on the roll shot. And he was like, okay, that's good. And then he sat down and we visited for a little bit. You could go in their headquarters, and that picture was all over their headquarters. But oh. they would never let us do it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they would never schedule it. But if we did it just without asking, they loved it. And that's usually kind of what you, you figure out after a while. I, I hear that a lot of, or when I, you know, I'm surrounded by photographers, but <laughs> that it's kind of almost just the the being prepared for the moment and keeping your eye out for it. It really is those split-second kind of, I mean, has that been... Very Your much experience, so. very much so. Especially uh, executives like that will almost always say yes. It's mm-hmm. the people around them that'll say no. It's getting through it's that barrier. You get, yes, yeah. I photographed uh, uh, Doug McMillan at Walmart a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, he's so easy going. He'll do whatever. You know, it's just getting past to that point. The vanguard of people, before. <laughs> right? Right. You know, and that's their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, is to protect them. So. Right. I'm sure th- those types of people get asked a lot. Yes. Hey, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? Can I, pick, you right. know, it, it would just be nonstop. And how many different photographers oh, do they work with? You know, yeah. but one of the things that I've really noticed doing business publications is that what's nice about them is they're very, when you're there to do a picture because of the people around them, they're very invested in the picture. Mm-hmm. 
So a lot of times I'll get a call to go do a photograph of so-and-so salesman or this little company or something like that. And you show up, they didn't remember, they forgot about it or they don't <laughs> like the way they're, I, I mean, I'm here to do a photograph of you that's going to be in a publication of your peers and you're totally not invested in it whatsoever. Right. And that's very irritating. Well, because your job is to just make this look good, right? Like, right, right. I'm going to show you're totally, you hate the way you look. You didn't come You prepared, bring a makeup trailer and, with right. you. And, <laughs> and you hate to have your picture that, taken. Because yep. yeah. I only hear that every day. You well, know. I'm sure. Oh, I hate to have my picture oh, taken. Put on your skinny lens. Right, right. Yeah. Can you make me look better? <laughs> Can you make me look me, better? No. I used to tell the person that cuts my hair, I was like, I want whatever the, whatever makes me look good is cheaper than plastic surgery. <laughs> Can you give me the Brad Pitt? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> make me look like Brad Pitt. <laughs> if only that was possible with scissors. Well, I guess yeah. certain kind of scissors, it is yeah. probably possible. But, uh, the whole, exp- I think pictures are way better when the people are involved in having their picture taken. Uh-huh. You know, I bring something to the table, but you have to bring something to the table. Yeah. Too, and yeah. so yeah, I think the experience and everything is a lot better. That could probably almost go too far the other way, though, too, where somebody shows up with. Like, I know specifically I want exactly Ooh. this. Actors, actresses yeah. with a publicist. Yeah, they walk in telling you what you're going to do. And then that's your battle. And do you yeah. ever have times to do where what like, you want to do. That oh. thing's not going to work and you have to kind of make the... What's nice about digital and with film is a lot of times you're shooting and you know it isn't working. But you don't want to necessarily stop with your subject and say, oh, God, this sucks. This isn't working. It's not that it's their fault. It's that what you're doing at that moment isn't so you just kind of keep shooting and shoot through it and then all of a sudden you know Magic. something look in the camera right and it's it like oh that's hits. it that's it right and what's great with digital is you just delete the bad ones you don't stop yeah. shooting you just oh, yeah. kind of keep the process going and then you'll get to that point and then you're like, oh yeah do you so i think there's pros and cons i'm sure to kind of everything what do you think has maybe been lost by the step away from film to digital? Do you think that there's been a loss incurred or that it's all positive gain? Um, the use of automatic on the camera. Just preset. So, right. There's so many people that say they're professional photographers that have no idea how to use a camera on manual or right. what the settings mean. And in film days, especially shooting slides, I, I shoot raw format and digital. If I'm two stops off, it really doesn't matter. If you are shooting slides and you're two stops off, it goes in the trash. <laughs> you're done. So you were so disciplined. You had to learn because it it came, you know, you go shoot a roll of 36 that cost $11 for the roll of film and seven fifty to get it processed. So you've got 20 bucks invested in it and it all goes in the trash because you blew the exposure. You learned. Right. Now mm-hmm. there's not that you don't learn. Right. You just you delete, delete, delete. It didn't really cost you well, anything. To your, so to your point, the digital gain is I can just shoot through. Right. But that allows everybody to shoot through. And I think that because my experience with any kind of film is more on like video side. And the conversation there is kind of around you can just, to your point, shoot something over and over and keep trying things and do however many takes you want to do. And you've lost a little bit of that like learning to storyboard ahead of time, being concise in what you're saying in the image or in right. the scene, you know, like... Right, when you're shooting 35-millimeter film in a motion picture camera, yeah, you're storyboarding because every foot is... A lot of money, ching, yeah. Ching yep. out of your pocket. Thousands yeah. of dollars oh. now, like, and right. even then, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure with film, I mean, with video, it's the same because you just, it's how many memory cards do you have? Oh, and geez. just keep We'll shooting. fix it in post. So, <laughs> so do you think that, like, when you were shooting film, though, that that caused you to plan more going into it yes. and be much mm. more? So, and now you can kind of – so maybe it's more candid now. It, right, right. So I can but, can continue to play a little bit more with a subject and right. not worry that this isn't working or anything because it's not costing me anything or an expense where – Maybe with film, you had 15 exposures, so you had 12 poses. Right. Pretty, you know, if you're a portrait person, <laughs> that you put them in those 12 poses. You really did have to get the good side. Right, right. <laughs> the first time. And we learned in photography school, if you were a portrait wedding photographer with a studio or something, you know, the little portfolio things, you could display 12 pictures, and you would do a portrait sitting, and and you had 10 good photos, you know? Right. But, but you had to fill it out, so you put two extra ones that weren't your favorite in there 
guarantee they were going to pick one of those two. That's you know, weird. Isn't yeah. that just it, where it you happens. put the business card? Like, I would just put a business card and, like, <laughs> portrait space 12. <laughs> right, right, right. Book me. Yeah. yeah. Man, I came up with a great business idea for 20 years ago. Awesome. <laughs> Way to go. Right. Yeah. Back when I was getting my senior pictures. <laughs> right. I actually, well, never mind. It wasn't 20 years plus, but. It was because when I had seen your pictures, I can remember I didn't know anything about. I didn't know you could retouch. You know, I had blemishes, right. and I hated my pictures, and I never sent them back in my my um, sophomore year because I hated them so much. But I didn't know they could retouch all of that. Mm -hmm. So nobody uh, explained that to me. So, yeah, so, that's also I'm not I in just a single heard year of that my of that. senior year, and trust me, they earned their money <laughs> with me. It's like, Ooh. but back then was it film? Yeah. And so portraits unlimited. we literally mm -hmm. learned in photography school, we had retouching mm -hmm. and how to retouch negatives with a little fine brush and blemishes on the negative mm -hmm. with the dyes. And that's like crazy. That. That's I know it was, incredible. it was, and what you could do was incredible on Photoshop. Wow. That's so easy now. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, even what you I, can do a few years ago, well, this has been a long time. 88, 13 years ago, maybe. But my grandpa had taken a bunch of slides and converted them to digital photos. And some of those were pretty kind of eaten up and decayed over time. And there was a, my favorite photo of my grandma is her leaning against a car, but like her forehead had been something. And I don't know what happens there, but the picture descended, like decayed in that spot. But even I, with like a $60 off the shelf photo program, was able to kind of like cut and paste pieces of her forehead like back over. <laughs> yeah. And from a distance, you couldn't tell. And like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, accessibility is a great thing. And I yeah. think in the hands of somebody who has the fundamental skills, when you have almost fantastical tools given to you, your art is allowed to, or given the ability to go even that much, you can do so much more. You can shoot oh. faster, edit faster, yeah. more content. So it's all beneficial, but it does create a weird noise level. And the fact that there's so much more content out there from people who think they're professionals who are just putting. Yep. Right, mm -hmm. like that's where it's cutting through the noise, um, and that the, happens. Because the hard of it. part. So I get, you know, how do you get started nowadays? I, I don't know. I, I really, I mean, I just think it. To me, it's so much more difficult. There's so many people taking photographs, but mm -hmm. almost nobody making a living at it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing. People might be making a little bit of money here, or there, but and, and and so I do a lot of sports and at football games most of the people on the sidelines aren't even making enough to pay for the equipment that they're using. You right. Know, they bought it from a different job or, or something like that. And so it, it, that's kind of weird, it, you know, <laughs> mm. but go out and do it. I mean, just start, just start shooting. Cause that's how you're going to develop a point of view that may rise. That's what's going to get you a job now. Right. Is having a point of view as a photographer, I would think that kind of yeah. stands out social media plays such a big part that's and true people record seeing you on instagram or liking your work or, or things like that you have to do all of that stuff and mm -hmm. and, and I, a lot of you know when things went digital i had friends that were older photographers that just retired because they didn't want to mess with it and uh I don't, I just never look, I don't have a choice. I love doing it. It's right. just different. Just, well, I bought a new camera today. Mm -hmm. It's different. <laughs> you right. know, uh, it's inevitable that this change is happening. Things mm -hmm. are going to these cameras. I, I Fighting that or complaining about that is a complete waste of my time. You know, it's just going to happen. I need to stay current and keep learning how to use all this stuff. And technology is incredible. Yeah. So in, when I was first started shooting the NFL, it was film. So you shot a game, you came home on Sunday night, you took it to the lab on Monday, you got it back Monday afternoon, you edited it, you know, by Wednesday you had written some captions on the mounts, and you mailed it in, you know, and then they did whatever, they shipped out slides. And then you could start scanning your slides and sending in a digital file after that. You know? Right. Um, but it was days or a week before anybody saw the picture. Sports Illustrated didn't work that way, but, you know, for freelancers, we did. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so now I upload pictures before the game, more if anything for a test to make sure my captions and all the things are in the right places and mm -hmm. the fields and stuff like that so it works into the, the system. Um, and then I have to put up more at halftime and then I have to put up more after the game. So before we all leave the stadium, everybody's in there putting up pictures. It's like a live static. Yeah. 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 And, and That's it's crazy. A, and, and literally it's like 
sometimes if it's a big game, we'll have an editor. So after both teams have a possession, what you're hoping to get is the shot of the quarterback with the ball back and his arm here. Right. You know, throwing a the pass classic. Or the, right. Yeah. Boring. It's, you know, it's <laughs> the worst shot, you know. But what you're trying to do is put mm-hmm. it out on the Internet so that somebody will pick it up faster. Clearly. Right. And, and I, I shoot for Getty, and, and they've been interesting in – they they're working right now to kind of figure out is that worth the money mm-hmm. being the first one out there the people that are picking it up a lot of times that's the lowest denominator pay wise so all the resources you put into being the first person to have a photo out for you know some of the little agencies or whatever to pick up is that worth the effort right and mm-hmm. i'm curious to see what they figure out business wise that would be yeah because and i conic shot ultimately you think would because it doesn't have to get licensed right like if you have right well the time magazine has the photo and somebody else wants to run that photo wouldn't they have to pay some kind of licensing to get it right right so getty's an agency that i shoot for so you would license it through them right but what the agencies ap and people like that is they have contracts and so these uh like sports illustrated gets a feed so everything that goes up on getty's website they'll they'll see so for a while, what was happening, it was like, let's get everything up as fast as we can. But then they were like, whoa, that's way too much. Mm-hmm. You know, the big, between the three or four agencies that might get the feeds, they're getting four or 500 photos. And, that's, right. and they don't want it. It's too much noise. Right. So, you know, game pertinent photos uh, is all that they want up and your best action. Right. And that's what they'll pick up. So they have contracts. So they can pick it up, put it on a blog. I, I came with people years ago with film and right into digital um, Getty had the NFL contract. So that allows them to sell photos commercially. They do not have it any longer. So my pictures can only be sold editorially through them. The AP has the NFL contract. Um, and, and that makes a difference money-wise more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But with film days, my statements from Getty were three or four pages in a month from all the sales. Right. And now my pages, uh, my monthly PDF is 50 pages, but I, I have dollar 95 cent sales, right? You know, I mean, I, I'm making that little, and it might be five pages of dollar 95, dollar 95. That's kind of the business model now is like, right. Microtransactions, right? Like absolutely dollar stock. Yeah. Everything geez. else is that. So it's more trying to sell quantity at a lower price. iTunes dollar songs, that makes right? Sense. Like and, it's and the it, exact same thing. Wow. Absolutely. Because I think the, music artists are the exact same way you know they've all taken a huge cut and pay a lot of photography mm-hmm. and stock has taken a huge cut and pay just for that reason mm-hmm. is the internet and accessibility is easier right than it used to be for but at a lower too. a lower mm-hmm. price i'm very hmm. i kid with people because photographers will get together and they'll complain about copyright or somebody stole my photo or somebody's using this and that's always like a great get together and complain about kind of thing. And, and to me, I just hold up my iPhone. I say, oh, everybody open your iTunes. You know, how many songs you got in there? Four, you, you're going to tell me you paid for all 4,000 songs in your iTunes. Because if you didn't, you're ripping off an artist. Right. And, and so I look at music. I always pay for it. If well, I hear a song. And yeah. what, how great is it Same. that I can buy one song? Mm-hmm. I don't have to buy 16 that I only like two. You know, like which is CD. a funny throwback to the nineteen what fifties when singles were actually you know you'd press oh, a yeah. vinyl 45. single yeah. forty five yep. every month. Like yep. <laughs> Beach Boys put put out a record over a year just doing singles and a B side. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Pretty make much. way more money than a whole album. Yep. <laughs> Pro, well, if the cost of vinyls, well, well, I don't know yeah. how that <laughs> math worked out. But, but I've never thought of it that way either. Yeah. Single cassettes. Mm-hmm. I think CD is where it sort of stopped. They still had yeah. single CDs up into the late nineties because I. I should not admit this, but I had the Savage Garden <laughs> single where it was like oh the Chicka Cherry Cola song and then five remixes because there was that weird remix time was a big mm. thing. That's where the guy from Garbage, um, every podcast it's guaranteed. I'm going to try to reference something and totally forget okay. the name. <laughs> yep. Butch I Vig. I... Butch Vig. Butch Vig. Uh, but he, that was where he start, He made his money initially was remixing hit songs in the 90s because it was wow. such big business. Can we remix photos? <laughs> <laughs> Ask Sam Abel. <laughs> I mean, what you can do with them with mm-hmm. Photoshop nowadays. Yeah. I guess Andy Warhol it, it did it. It is kind of. And, and the files are so big, too. So a lot of even uh, NFL 
or college football or something, if I get a great shot of someone that's a vertical, mm-hmm. you know, I can take that same photo from a raw file and make it a horizontal. And so it's the same photo. But w- what's interesting that I had to learn is that, well, I'll just put it up because people know what they can do with the photo. You can crop it or you can, yeah, they know they can do it. They just don't. Yeah. Hey, I can buy this photo and do nothing, or I'll have to buy this photo, which I like better, but I'll have to go in and crop it and maybe do something to it before. And they Mm -hmm. don't want, they don't want to do anything. They want to grab something off the web, go right to their site and that's it. So what you put up needs to fit. So you'll see a lot of horizontal verticals of the same photo if possible, Mm -hmm. just to give people options. So you shoot for Getty in in my head, and I probably have this wrong, they're like a photo aggregator that I could go to and just say, I want a photo of a pyramid for this thing I'm doing, and I can just buy that, yep. right? Is that Rights right? to that photo. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How... So there's, they have, um, it's there's royalty-free and rights-managed are the two. And, uh, and royalty-free is you buy it and you can use it you can use it for whatever you want. You pay a set price. So you pay actually for the size of the file. So if you want to oh, wow. use it bigger, if it's a full size, it you know is this price. If you're only going to use it a small size on the web, that's another price. Rights managed is you're paying for usage. And so there, I had a picture sell a while back that was a hiking trail in Washington that I shot, and a pharmaceutical bought it and paid a lot of money for it. But they bought exclusive rights to the photos for two years. Nobody else can use it. Right. So you pay a lot more for that. A royalty-free picture, you you know, and it's happened years ago when royalty-free was just taken off. Microsoft used one on a website, an (laughs) ad right after that, Apple came out and used the same photo in an ad. That's genius. So it was great for photography (laughs) because we're like, this is why you don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And and so I don't, big corporations don't use much royalty free. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. Because it's too many of their competitors Mm -hmm. might be using the same photo. Yeah. Hey, we're back. What the ish? It is now. Don't make it a thing. It's our ish point. So, mm-hmm. man, this is a good interview. Yeah, and they're all good interviews. Yeah, they're all good. This is—it's just—it's—it's it's weird to be sitting across from a guy that's captured some of these historic moments that you've mm-hmm. seen, and yes. that he names in it, and you can like your mind just yeah. goes like, straight to that. What side. happened yep, then? I've yeah, seen it. It's seen super it. Cool. Seen it. Um, I do want to take this moment again. Please, please, please subscribe. Yep. I can't tell you how much that does to, right. to help grow the podcast mm-hmm. and, and what it does for iTunes. I have no idea what it actually does in the iTunes algorithm, yeah. right? but it helps us get up there and uh, five-star review and get us in front of more people. So yes. please subscribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I think would be super cool, what if we do this this week? Okay. What if the listeners who leave a review, who rate us and leave a review, mm-hmm. a good one, uh, we will five stars. We will put them in a drawing. Mm-hmm. So that what you what you'll do is you'll rate us. You'll then you'll leave a review, screen capture that, send it to us. Yep. Just send it to us on Instagram. Yeah. And we will put you in a drawing for a prize. Um. We'll fit. We'll announce what that prize is going to be later today. Yeah. How's that? Sounds great. Let's do that. Yeah. All right. So rate us and review us, and then rate send, and review. send a send a screen capture of that to mm-hmm. us, and that'll get you in the drawing. Yeah. We'll it, come it, up with it, something. It good. means a lot, guys. It's it gets us out. Like I said, you know, in front of people, I've had yeah. people screen capture a thing saying, "Is this you?" Mm-hmm. You know, just out of the blue mm-hmm. because of other suggestions and reviews, and it's an awesome feeling. Yeah. You know, to know what we're doing is getting out there, and you know, potentially helping someone figure out something they want to do. So. So happy holidays. Happy Let's holidays. hop back to yep. it. Let's go. Back to Mr. Wesley Hit. Boom. So is Getty sending out and saying, I need a hiking trail in Washington? Or are you just taking photos of whatever and sending it up to them? I'm taking photos of whatever and putting up. So I get every day or every other day, I'll get a, a brief. And it might be, you know, so they'll get requests and they're now supplying us with requests. So I work with Getty in several different ways. I I got with them um, when Clinton ran. I was in Little Rock, and Clinton ran for president. Okay. So I had been photographing. I did a book with Clinton when he was governor. I'd been photographing. I played basketball with him at the Y. Yeah. You know, so then he starts to run for president, and nobody in the world knew who 
our, who he was or where Arkansas even was. Very, and so yeah. mm-hmm. I was shooting for an agency called Gamma Liaison, a French agency. And the guy that ran it was fantastic. But right about that time, Getty bought them and he went to work for him. So I, that's how I first got in with okay. Getty. And, and then I started covering all the Clinton stuff. So writers from Japan and Argentina and all these places would come to the United States and I would fall, I would go around, they would interview and I would photograph. And uh, I quit doing everything else but that for probably nine months. Yeah, and, that's uh, an opportune wow. moment. Right, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. And you're meeting, you know, all of these people from all over the world. And, and so I was re- I put a bunch of stock of Arkansas up at Getty after that. And uh, so people were buying that. So pretty much anything during that time we've probably seen, is a, there's a possibility it was yours. Oh, yeah. Was- so I have so many pictures. I mean... I mean, if you're over 30, you've seen a photo you've done. Oh, yeah. So my biggest photo for the Razorbacks, I was a Razorback photographer for 10 years, and there's one with a play like a champion at the top. And and so I was at a a game, and I was waiting for the team to run out, and now it's all different, you know, the whole stadium and everything. But then the players could look out at the stadium, and then you ran out to the hog, and it was all glass and stuff. And so at the top was play like a champion as they ran out. And I was there, and I, I took a couple of pictures, and I got back, and I saw the picture I wanted. You know, I, I didn't get it then, but I was like, oh, man, this is, oh. And so the next time we had a home game, that was the day I took a chair with me, and I'm standing on a chair. I've got it all lined up. The players are all getting ready to run out to the hog, and Darren McFadden walked in front of me and put his helmet on and snapped it, and he's in the foreground snapping his helmet. And, oh, uh, I think I've seen that. Yeah, that was probably the most ripped off photo that the university <laughs> that I've ever had. What? It was so people were like, "Yeah, I got on an airplane. Somebody opened their laptop. That was their screensaver." You know, everybody was just pulling it off yeah. the internet, just uh, using it. So that's uh, that's got to be a good feeling, though. You know that yeah. that you can lean over and be like, "Hey, kid." <laughs> I took that. Yeah. People, ushers and stuff would get prints of it and come up and want me to autograph. Oh, it. That's, that's, cool. that's really cool. I know, that's it like, was, it was so this awkward. guy right here, look what he did. Yeah. I know, that was my one claim to fame at the time was that picture. Uh, well, the Clinton oh, stuff was... But that, yeah, you yeah. have Clinton already in yeah. the... In, yeah. Yeah, so... I, I mean, I, but I would say... You know, doing the Diller Den report, I worked with some great art directors that were very creative, and and uh, and those were big. They, they, we won awards with that. That's cool. Um, in advertising, there's a thing called the one book. I think that it's kind of like everybody submits, like the Academy Award. You submit, and then they select that the people that go to the finals, and then you get a finals, and then they do the book of the ones that get to the finals, and then the ones that won. And so I had something make the book. And that was a big deal at the time because yeah. many people from Arkansas at the time had, had anything ever in the one book. So. I feel like winning anything is a big deal. Big, generally I, know, speaking. Well, That's, yeah. I feel good when I win thumb wrestling matches. Like, well, <laughs> you got to play to win, though. So are you mostly people? It sounds like oh, most of what you shoot is I, I would portrait. describe people in action. That's okay. the way I, I kind of, even if I'm doing a portrait, I like people doing something i think they're a little more involved and then i do a lot of sports so that's people in action and uh, i think people look better than just sitting sometimes i'm not i don't deal with the public i haven't for years Mm -hmm. um i was in little rock before i moved to fayetteville and i had a studio with another photographer there and uh, we and cell phones were popular and all that but you had to call the phone book people and get your cell phone put in you know you had to and we just completely forgot about it. And <laughs> we both had a best, our best year we'd ever had. And that showed it was like, we don't, people don't, you know, if someone calls me for my wedding prices, my first response is, where did you get my number? <laughs> <laughs> and where then also $50,000, I'll yeah. show up. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> what part of my website did you see anything that had to oh do with gosh. weddings whatsoever? Yeah. You know, uh, it's what? like, yeah. <laughs> that's a little different. <laughs> Um, so then you stayed on with Getty after that yeah, bad time yeah. with them and if persevered. But it wasn't, then, Getty wasn't the bad time. It was just the right, but I mean, from Washington, D.C. Right, right. Yeah. And so I had started um, with NFL, and I got with NFL photos. And uh, I met, I was shooting a Cowboys game because I knew Charlotte Jones, basically, and Jerry bought the Cowboys. And so she let me come down and shoot a couple games. And on the sidelines, I met the head of NFL photos which the NFL owned at the time. 
And uh, so I sent him a portfolio, and I was just at a game. This I've been doing it for 20 years with two guys that have been doing it for 27 years. And they were they were telling me they think I was the last one accepted into NFL photos before wow. it got sold. Oh. And so then it got they decided to get out of that business, and they sold it to Wire Image. And Wire Image I ended up going with, but at the last minute they gave Getty part of it. And a lot of people didn't like Getty and were pissed about it. But, you know, I went with Wire Image to take my image. I signed a three-year contract. I wanted all my images to go there. After the first year, it was a fiasco. And so I started hitting up Getty Sports, that division of them, to say, hey, I would like to switch over to you. Right. And and I was, I guess, boy, 30 I mean, it took me a while of really pushing and sending a portfolio, making phone calls, and finally got the head guy on the phone. And we talked for a while, and I'm in Arkansas, so that's a unique place. They don't have anybody in this area. Right. And so they accepted me, um, and so I canceled. I just didn't shoot for a wire image last year the, of the contract. And then before, I went ahead and switched to Getty. And before that year was up, Getty bought Wire Image. which was, So mm. I tell everybody, it was like you the worst business move I, I ever made <laughs> was going with Wire Image. The next best move I ever made was getting out of that and going <laughs> to Getty. And then because a lot of photographers, they were at Wire Image, Getty didn't need them. Oh. They already had people. So a lot of people that during, after the buyout didn't get to shoot sports the next year so <laughs> yeah you lucked out on that and i mean to some extent you've been kind of fortunate in a way in just arkansas as much as maybe 30 years ago or so wasn't a place a lot of people knew like walmart clinton jb hunt for that matter tyson like all those things mm-hmm. have really started to put arkansas on the map in a much right. bigger way and right. you're here in the heart of it with an established reputation by the time that really takes off yes. you know like and and shooting and Getty, because they do so much and everybody knows the name. So uh, the Bentonville Film Festival, um, a couple of years ago, I was working in my backyard, hot, sweaty, 1.30, my phone rings, almost didn't answer, but I said, okay. And it was Getty, and they're like, it was the first day of the Bentonville Film, it was the red carpet night. Yeah. And they're like, our photographer from L.A. missed her flight. Can you get up there and cover this? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yes, I can. You know, Why so. didn't you ask me in the first place? <laughs> kind well, of offended. So they have just Not enough action on the red people. carpet. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. they have people. That's all they do right. in L.A. and right. stuff like that. And uh, so that's fine. Right. And But I went up there, and, and so they have this whole roped-off area that all the media and everybody has to get around. Oh, you're the Getty shooter? You can go wherever you want. You don't need to be behind oh. the rope. And then who's the lady, the actress that sponsors it? Um, is it Gina? Gina Davis. Gina Davis, yeah. Davis yeah. yeah. So she starts to come out. And I'm like, all the media is behind this rope, and I'm over to the side, and her publicist comes out and goes, uh, uh, where's the Getty shooter? And they're all like pointing at me. And so she's like, okay, where do you want her? And she comes out, and for oh. five minutes, she just poses for me. And, and then I know. <laughs> and I'm, I did, wow. This was all new to me. You know, I'm, I'm, Your I'm face is getting red, Wesley. <laughs> Best oh, day okay. ever. <laughs> I'm the Getty shooter. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to start saying that when I go into restaurants. I'm the Getty shooter. That's what, so it's something like that. Yeah, wow, that was a lot of pull. And so she did. She just came out. And then when I was said, okay, I'm done, she went over and did it for everybody else. Wow. And I'm sure everyone's so, looking at you like, uh, no, I know. Well, I'm How did he get it? Yeah. <laughs> so, but that actually caught, like, brings up the question of why Getty has that kind of pull oh. over. Mm. Like, why does Getty have that kind of So they're say? the largest controller of imagery in the world. Okay, that's So yeah. I, I think the district, they're in all sports, commercial. I shoot, so they'll call me, they have a commercial division, and they might have a company that has, uh, I've shot for a company in Cersei, I don't remember who it was, but they're, I have plants all over the world. So you will go to Getty's assignment division, and they will book photographers so that you can get shots you need without paying to travel for one person oh, or whatever. Gotcha. So they have assignment agencies. They have editorial uh, division. They have the creative stock. They have sports. You know, entertainment's a big aspect. So they have people in L.A. and New York that just do the red carpets, the Academy Awards, and all that. Um, That's crazy. Um, yeah. I, so I, I can't imagine. Of, so to speak. Yes. Like uh, on 
like the Bourne movies, you know? It's yeah. Like they call <laughs> right, 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 right. Hey. You're our man in Rome. They, they've, been, <laughs> right. they've been, I have no complaints. They've call been Fayetteville. so good to mm-hmm. me uh, about stuff and uh, shooting sports. So they have the NBA. They have just about every contract but the NFL. And uh, and I I wish they did. I'd probably I'd make more money because I'd have commercial sales. So so you know, wait. You normally do action people, but you're shooting a photo of a hiking trail in Washington. <laughs> what took you up there? Like why were you up yeah. in that um, area? I had a sister living in Seattle, and so another sister and I went up there and that uh, we were visiting. So it was a work trip. A yeah. <laughs> so I've always stock is kind of the weird thing. I've always taken photos just for fun, mm-hmm. not just to make money on it. And so I always had all these photos and then that's where stock photography, I got into that. And so I got with a, a little agency called Picturesque was my first one. And I, I've been with a couple others. Getty is really all I deal with now. Right. Um, so a stock agency and, and everybody's like, oh, you should do, you know, well, this place wants my pictures. Okay, everybody wants your pic. If you're a stock agency, it's a 50-50 split usually. Mm-hmm. So if I have a thousand photographers send me a hundred photos, I have a hundred thousand photos and I'm making 50% off of every one, but the photographer is only making 50% off of their photos. Mm-hmm. So you may have four great photos, but the odds of you ever making any money off of them, mm-hmm. you know, is so rare. Getty's not interested in a person that has 10 good photos. If you're not producing every year and uploading photos, you're kind of a waste of their time. Right. So I would say I get briefs from them. Literally, the briefs, because they're all they're worldwide. And, uh, and so the briefs will be Christmas in Holland. So they're getting requests from, you know, stock photos of people celebrating Christmas <laughs> in Holland. Uh, Hong Kong, I just got one Christmas in Hong Kong. You know, I don't live in Hong, but you know, so I delete that. I mean, good reason to go on a trip to to Hong Hong Kong. Yeah, uh, what are you doing later? (laughs) uh, LGBT community doing holidays. Yeah, and and how they live. Those are big requests nowadays. Yeah, finding stuff like that. But all that has to be model released and you know stylized and. You're not really just taking pictures. That's not a that candid much. photo necessarily. Right, right. You're right. hiring the talent. You're getting the scene, and you're setting it up and, and doing all that stuff too with it. Is that why you lean more towards sports is that you can kind of go in and – or do you lean more towards sports? It kind of sounds like you do. I do a lot of it. It's not my most of my income. Most of it's the commercial advertising oh, aspect. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but I, I just – I love – doing it and I can still do it and run up and down the sidelines carrying all yeah, my so gear. So why not, right? Right, right. So I uh, I was looking on my website. I'm putting up all my raw files on the back of my website, you know, and I have over 300 NFL games, uh, you know. So that's, that's crazy. A, I know, I know. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a lot. Of, and that doesn't count um, the 300 college games. To be clear, I'm not sure I've watched 300 minutes of football. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of games. getting there early. That's a lot of days. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm about to pass 42,000 photos on Getty's website. So, do you think you have done your 10,000 hours to become an expert? Or oh, you still yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But I, I'm I'm learn, I learn mm-hmm. a lot. I, you know, over the years uh, talking with Sports Illustrated guys and and. It, it, you know, I always kid, it's not what your camera set on. It's what made you be where you are or why is the light here? Or yeah. It's all of those aspects, not what the camera is about. You know, I want to know what was in your mind. And, and that's what, when you get those guys on a rain delay or, you know, after where they're uploading pictures and sitting around and talking to them, that's where I learned a lot of stuff uh, from them and how to shoot and, and watching them and what they did. Right. So... They sh- and they still shoot a lot more than I do at games, but they don't have to edit their own work. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll leave that shutter going a little bit longer than I might. Right. You know, because I, I don't, I'm not going to shoot 4,000, 3,000 photos because I have to edit that, and they don't. <laughs> so do photographers – I mean, you guys could answer this. I've just never asked Ooh. you about it. But do, do you guys sometimes sit around and, like, talk technical shop about how you're – like? I know three phrases probably, but like ISO settings and F stops and stuff like, are you guys talking about that or do you just kind of play with it yourself? Not much. And... I would say no. Unless it's, it's usually it's about a particular picture, maybe what's going into that. Like what, you know, well, I know that I got this at this at time of day or whatever. And usually on the good images, 
I shoot way less and less and less all the time. But I know a few of my favorite pictures what the settings were for that. You know, I may not remember it for just a random, like a wedding I've done or something. But, you know, that's where. Right. I, I would say mm-hmm. photo so specific maybe. It's more of a solo endeavor that. though. Yeah. How did you get that photo? Right. And then you might talk about it. But yeah. otherwise it's pretty much generic. Yeah. Usually it's the same thing with like anytime I've seen a musician, it's like, love your work. You know, I've said that to several people that I've, in working the job that I work, that I've been able to meet and say, man, I, that's good. Thank you. You know, that was nice. Or yeah. this was something that really. Well, I just meant if you had a group of, cause you and I've played music together and mm-hmm. there's definitely in some things. So in music, right. I think like, Hey, how are you getting that distortion sound? Oh, I use the SD one, yeah. you know, and then yeah, I'm running right, it right. through this setting on my amp or whatever. And so you have that kind of like shop technical talk. shop mm-hmm. talk of, this is how I'm generating what I'm generating or what. And I've had that conversation a lot with musicians. And that's why I asked the question about photography. Cause it, yeah, it seems like you guys have a lot of toys that you could. I, I would almost say too, that the people that use Photoshop a lot might have more conversations like that about how <laughs> mm-hmm. they, what, how they did a certain thing in Photoshop. Only because as I understand it, Adobe is one of the most confusing interfaces ever <laughs> to like dig through that. Right. So, it's not Lightroom. <laughs> <laughs> Photoshop's one of those things you, it does a hundred things and I use two of them. I feel about that like every program. Yeah. Because that's just mine. Takes up too much space. Never do. Every time I have to do something new, I'm always, Google's your best friend. Just like, oh, uh, right. right. So the third thing I need to learn how to do is (laughs) Google this. YouTube video. Yeah. (laughs) That has been a big thing. I think maybe where, I I could see what you're saying. is like, maybe if you're doing, like an off-camera flash or supplemental, you know, something. It's like, where'd you place the light? What was the, you know, I, I could see that. that well, because you did it in a classroom setting. Yeah, like, right. at some point, you guys sat down mm-hmm. and talked technical right. shop on something. And so I just wondered. Well, it's also right. one of those hands-on, like, apprenticeship apprenticeship things. That's how you learn is shooting with someone or being an assistant. Yeah. Being yeah. told what to do. So the photography school I went to, the guy that ran it, was a mentor to me long afterwards. And everybody hated him. Um, and he told me years later, he said, if you graduated and you left and you liked me, I failed at what I was trying to accomplish. <laughs> so he was a pain in everybody's ass. Right. And, and so that he tried to make it as tough as possible. But one of the things he did after you know a few months, every Friday we had a photographer come in. And this was Massachusetts, so it might be a guy in Boston that has a million-dollar studio doing huge commercial product shoots. And he would come in. So for the morning, he would talk about his business, how he promotes it, what he charges. Mm. He would have to be free with information about his business. And then the afternoon was about photography, how he lit things, how he did things. But, you know, the next Friday might be a guy from upstate New Hampshire that's in a town with 20,000 people, and he has a little portrait wedding business, and that's all he does. You know, and so he might be there, but he's successful at it. He makes Mm -hmm. a living at it. So he's talking about the promos he does to the public, where the guy before was talking about how he advertises. But every Friday, we would get that, or an accountant, or a banker, something like that, to learn business. And so the information, and then the realization that everybody does it different mm-hmm. every there's you're, however i can show you everything in the world but how you do it is going to be different than how i do it right and so that's what the people that came and talked that's what they knew there were this wasn't competition you weren't sending out people to compete everybody has to go do it and yeah it, and so they were always so free with that information and we learned so so much you know a guy came in or i don't he did portraits all over the world for an eight by ten was 395 dollars um, and that was one. And, and, and so people would order pictures over their fireplace for their big home and they were tens of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. you know, framed and all. And that's how he made, and that was his clientele. He didn't deal with anybody else. Not people weren't knocking on his door to pay $395. For right. <laughs> he had his own very much of a niche. So it was so, in, but it made you dream. When I first got started, I had an art director his three things of advice for me were um, be available, be portable, and bill quickly. Those were his three things of advice. <laughs> I, that all holds <laughs> true. I think and that's, I, to this that day, I've always hashtag, done that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. that's... Um, this is on the subject, off the subject. What are our, like if we were to stop you or see you anywhere, what is uh, what are things that you carry with you everywhere you go? 
like an everyday carry, like an everyday but carry type thing. N- never enough because I own a lot of equipment <laughs> and I never seem to have what I want when right. I'm, you know, but on what, a job or something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just bought a new camera, so I'll probably use it because it's a little bit smaller. <laughs> um, just a, a small bag with the 24 to 105 and maybe a 70 to 200 and then a, a wide, something wider. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something you take with you everywhere? I don't always carry one. I should more often. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's harder, I think, in Arkansas, where you live, where it's so hot during the summer. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. care about winter here, but it, it's tough to leave stuff in the car when it's it's going to yeah. bake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm always so leery about that, so I don't always carry one. But I, I like to just grab stuff and go shoot. Mm-hmm. If I'm not busy or don't have something to do, get up and go somewhere at sunrise or or just be somewhere or set something up. I think the funnest thing sometimes is to go like if there's a bike, a mountain bike race in Bentonville and just kind of go immerse myself in the event and just shoot for fun. Yeah. Walk around. I call it seeing, just seeing what's going on and trying to see photographs that are interesting and make something interesting. And I think that's the bicycle race at the Jones center, the pump track. That's what they're hiring me to do is just kind of, show international people in Northwest Arkansas and at the Jones Center and just go play. You yeah, know? which is, I think it's cool that it's still, like, uh, just watching you talk, that it's still fun for you. Like, yeah. it's still yeah. something that really excites you. Mm-hmm. If, so we all have an amazing camera in our pockets at this point, basically. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to venture. I don't think it's a requirement that any of us go out and buy a camera if we wanted to get into photography. But what would be your suggestion to me if I wanted to start trying to be a photographer tomorrow? Where do you, where would you suggest I start? Besides business school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> business school. Business Perfect. school first, yes. Yeah. I, I think you, you learn by shooting. Uh, a lot of people, you, you know, well, I want to do this. I want to, you know, well, how many pictures have you taken this week? Well, I've been busy and blah, blah, blah. My, uh, Michael Jordan didn't become the greatest basketball player, not shooting basketballs. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you have to take pictures and, and, and then critique your work. Um, the other thing is don't listen to your family and friends. They, my mom and dad think I'm the greatest photographer ever, and that's never put <laughs> a single dollar in my pocket. <laughs> so it's great that my sisters Aww. and everybody love my photography, but they don't hire and pay me, so it's, 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 uh, it's less important. valuable, right? right like, but but you're so cute. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I've, I've been told I've been good at editing my stuff and looking at it. Um, even with Getty, and, and I don't spend enough time, so I, I work with other, I'm, of course, NFL, I'm always in a different city. So in New Orleans, there's a couple of young guys down there that I shoot with. And so we were joking one day, and um, I don't get a lot of feedback being older, I think, from Getty, because it's all a lot of younger guys. Oh, right. And, and so I wish they would, and, and when I bring it up, they're like, oh, well, you're one of the old guys. We, we, you, you know, we don't even think about it. You just don't know what to do. So that kind of maybe tells me some of they're still working with the young guys and training or something like that. But a couple of years ago, um, so you shoot an event and you put up pictures, and then a couple of days later you put up a second edit, and that may be a lot more than what you put up at the game. Um, and so usually what that does, that second edit still goes through an, an editor, and they check everything, your captions and all that stuff. But that delays your pictures going up online two or three days, and the key is to get everything up as fast as possible. Right. And so I just got a call a while back. I, I might, if I put up 200 photos, they might not put up one or two of them for a reason or something. So they told me that my success rate for putting up pictures was 98-something percent. And so they eliminated that middle editor. So when I do a second edit... I literally, I start putting them up and I can go to the website and they're popping up as I'm uploading them onto the website. Sounds like a good edge in your business. Right. Okay. So I don't know what that means. Does everybody do that? (laughs) Did I have to work to that point? But I mentioned that to two of the young guys in Dallas and they're like, one guy was like, wow, they only take about 50% of mine, you know, why? That's a huge difference, but I don't get to look at his pictures to know are mine better. Is he putting up things that maybe aren't? good content or not quite so you're sharp putting up a thousand and you're putting up 500 right you know yeah. so i don't know i don't have anything to judge that on i just have to take that as oh that's you know good for me and that's awesome i'm doing something right 
yeah. if there's a pre-existing filter and they're letting you bypass a pre-existing filter, that's generally right, a right. pretty good yeah. indicator that things are going Something, well and for that's you. That's a kind of success rate, yeah. you know, um, for it. So, uh, but I wish I had more feedback, and and that's the other thing I think people you can't be an artist and not take criticism. Right. You know, you yeah. need people to say ah, I think that sucks, so you don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. You you look at it and you learn from it and you listen to what they're saying about it, you know, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And, and, but you have to keep putting yourself in that position. Uh, an artist goes, a musician performs in front of a group, you know, that you're getting critiqued right there on the it's spot. It's pretty live. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. It's, yeah that's, right. <laughs> sometimes you get critiqued before the show starts because nobody showed up. That's, <laughs> that's, how, good Nightmare. that's how well good you're Hey, doing. Aaron, that's we have an audience of three. Um, Thanks, Mom. Maybe we should yeah. change some stuff. Hey, Daniel's mom, mom Aaron's Dan, mom, Aaron. and, uh, and my little sister. Uh, yes. Right, Same right. You know, my, my sister is the editor of the paper up here. And, oh, okay. uh, and so I kid with people that her job, so she's the, there's an executive editor and then mm-hmm. there's a managing. And so she's the managing editor. So her job is to put the paper out every day. The executive kind of runs everything. Right. So every day her, her job begins and ends at the end of the day. And then everything that she does is thrown in the driveway for people to critique or to get <laughs> online and read oh every yeah. morning. You know, so if she fails, it's obvious to everybody oh, yeah. every morning. So you know? immediate. I know. And I can't so imagine <laughs> every day dreading the, uh, so we put this out every two weeks, right? And for some reason I've developed the ne- like neurosis of sure that I missed something really like a, a loud <laughs> bump or like we tried to put out a queen show. So like I let something slide through and didn't put an explicit tag on it or something, right? And right, so, right. like, every day I'm just like, I know it's going to come, I know it's going to come. Yeah. And yeah. it hasn't yet, but I still know one day something's going to slip through, and I mean, it's got to happen. Sorry, everyone. But yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah. I can't but imagine having that fear every morning. So this is content. <laughs> You're producing content. Yeah. You know, and it's so weird to, you have to think about everything that yeah. way. Is, uh. is, you know, I need to be out producing content. I it, think I would not, break down, though, if I had to worry about feedback every single day. Like, every morning at 5 a.m., you right. might get a call. Right. So <laughs> my, 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 my sister gets up, and she opens her paper. And yeah. Like, oh, there's, there's a mistake. Or oh, this, or, you know. Oh, they Nordwest Argentad. Get that. They misspelled everything. So, in, in talking about feedback, uh, I actually encountered this the other day. How... Some people are better at taking feedback than others. Uh-huh. Um, Definitely. How do? <laughs> See. Yep. <laughs> Obviously, your dog doesn't like feedback. You're right at all. Well, he's trying to get. She she's just like, trying to get she some just like feed. The first. <laughs> it's like. Oh. <laughs> give me some pizza back. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be a good question. So feed her. Uh, <laughs> squeaky toy. Of course, I can edit all this right. stuff out. Yeah. Um, the radio show, squeaker toy. So how? How have you developed your ability to process feedback? Like, what is that? How do you process feedback? Are you able to take it right away and you're just good with it? Or, um, yes, uh, in the sense that I have to, uh, and but I try to realize where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, not always is it a personal thing to me as much as maybe them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and being from a small market, you know, if I go to New York, I'm way out of my element, right? And uh, and so I have to expect that. Um, I don't have the people I shoot for don't have the budgets. You know, they don't have an $80,000 photo budget to go right. do a shoot that someone from New York might, you know, they want to do it for $800. And, and so there's a, obviously a different content value. Um, I, I've been, Getty's been getting on to me for not writing better captions lately, oh. you know, and I don't take that offensively at all. Yeah. I just need yeah. to. I'm not necessarily a journalist background, so I've never been trained to do AP style caption writing or anything. Right. So, I, so it's made me look a little bit more. I need to put more details in it, you know. And and then what's interesting is that the tools are all, you know, the microphone on the camera. Now a big play happens, you'll see the newspaper guys especially, and I need to get better at it. Is you record a vi- uh, audio, fi- you know. So and so, so and so just caught a touchdown pass in the third quarter of the game was and was tackled by this person. There's your caption when you get back into the room. Oh you, yeah. You don't have to remember all of that, 
And uh, so Alabama at Arkansas, what's great about Alabama is they have the number on the side of their helmets. It's so easy to, to identify them. Yeah. And I'm looking at a guy, an Alabama guy being played by or tackled by an Arkansas guy from behind, and at no point can I see the Arkansas guy's number <laughs> to know who it is. You know? What were they thinking? R- I mean, right, right. The guy with a weird run. has. <laughs> <laughs> but ideally, uh-huh. that would be a great time to do that audio. To record that thing, right. Because right. for uh-huh. me... I have to, like, I almost, if I know it's coming, I have to almost mentally get in the place of, like, I'm just going to say yes to everything, and then I have, I personally have to kind of, like, I need, I'll find time later in the day to kind of sit down and, like, think through everything that was said, and, like, like I need a little distance from it, right? Like, I, because yeah. I think some people struggle with, I know I did for sure when I was younger, like, oh, if you gave me feedback, it was just, like, well, you don't know what you're talking about, and then I got to where <laughs> I could, like, yeah. right? Like, yeah. yeah, everybody, I think... Most people struggle with defensiveness, and then I think I've gotten better at not verbalizing defensiveness, but I'm still mentally defensive at first. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm saying yes, but I don't agree with you. So, <laughs> I, I think yeah. for artists, uh, criticism, the theory is you take 10% of it. Right. You know, yeah. but uh, also when people are saying nice things, you only take 10%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, know, where it's so coming from matters too, though. You know, like you said, your family, but mm-hmm. I think like you would feel differently about another photographer saying something about your work than you would feel about me saying something about your work. Right. right. Like I think where it comes from sometimes matters too. And, and who that other photographer is, you know, if I have a lot of respect for them and their work right. or whatever, then I, and I, that's great feedback. Yeah. Well, if it's somebody that you really respect and it's mm-hmm. like, I wish right. you would talk to me more about what I'm putting yeah. out there. Cause I want to be better. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I feel like I, I have to still get better all the time. And and especially like with the sports, I'm shooting with a lot of uh, young Getty shooters that are staffers and, uh, and they're excellent photographers yeah. and have tons of resources. So um, that's my confidence. I'm still competing. Yeah. Against, you know, yeah. 27 year olds that are getting started in it. And uh, that's fun though. That's yeah. Fun to me. Look what I did is produced by Aaron Dodson and Daniel Quinn. Sound design by Tyler Orsack and Daniel Quinn. Our digital director is Heather Hill.